Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Locked On NHL. Who are this season's top 50 NHL players? You can find out starting right now on the Locked On NHL podcast as Joe DiBiase, Mike DiStefano, and Rachel Donner reveal the top 50 players as voted on by our local experts across the Locked On NHL network. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, good afternoon, everyone. Thanks for joining me on another episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Joining me on the show today is a special guest and also a reoccurring guest here on the podcast, none other than Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times. Ben, thanks for taking the time to hop on the show today, man. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it should be a lot of fun. Uh, before we get into any Blackhawks off-season, off-season stuff, we got a lot to dive into there. Uh, I'm curious, Ben, you know, how's how's your off-season been? I'm sure some of the listeners out there, they're curious, you know, what, what life is like for you when you're not grinding on the beat daily and around the Blackhawks team. So uh, what, what have you been up to lately, Ben? How have you been spending the off-season? Well, it's been nice to have a lot of free time, you know, as normal in the off-season. Certainly the Hawks have kept us busy um, with all of the, the news back around free agency and the draft. And then all of the lawsuit uh, stuff has also taken some time to to cover. Um, so maybe a little bit less free time than normal than expected, but still um, lots of time to just hang out and relax. Um, I don't know if I've done anything that exciting, um, but uh, just watched a lot of other sports, gone to some Cubs and White Sox games. Um, Northwestern football the past couple weeks. I'm excited that's back. Uh, a huge football fan in addition to hockey. Um, so a lot of sports um, taking up running a little bit. I'm Ooh, there you the go. most unathletic person you can find, but I feel like <laughs> I need to get some kind of exercise. So uh, I've been doing that a little bit. Um, but yeah, nothing too exciting. Um, but yeah, it'll be exciting to get back to training camp next week. Well, good. I'm glad you've been uh, having yourself a good summer. Definitely can say I've been all summer. I've just been watching baseball. That's, that's all I really got throughout those summer months. Um, but yeah, definitely good that football's back. We got hockey right around the corner. Um, yeah. Best time of the year, in my opinion. Um, it is. Yeah. All right. Moving on to some Blackhawk stuff now though, Ben, as I said, we got a lot to get into. Uh, I guess we can start kind of just with the busy off season that this, this team had. I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, Seth Jones, Jake McCabe, uh, Jonathan Taze hopefully should be back as well. But I- I'm just kind of interested to hear your opinion on everything they've done because they-, they basically said screw it to the rebuild one year in and, and have just gone uh, a completely different way that- than most fans expected this team to go for the next couple of years. Um, knowing kind of what we do now and-, and the moves that they have made, did you think that that was the right call for them to kind of I wouldn't say cancel the rebuild, but essentially just going out and getting veteran pieces that can make them more competitive now. Do, do you think they rush it a little bit or, or do you think it was the right move? And if so, do you think they did enough to put themselves in a position to compete again? Yeah, I've, I've thought about this a lot, especially in the past month while we've kind of had time to decompress on everything. And it's really kind of tough to, to tell. Um, there's arguments both ways. Um, I think if if I was Bowman, if I was GM, I probably would have taken a more patient approach and and stuck with the rebuild for another year or two and uh, see where the young guys could take you, uh, especially considering how last year went, I think, better than most people expected. And and they found some 
um, some gems uh, among the prospects that we didn't really know about. I think I probably would have stuck with it and, and seen, um, you know, where that process would lead. Um, but I understand, on the other hand, why he did the way what he did. Um, him explaining it this summer, they kind of had the opportunity, the window now to to make these moves. They had the cap flexibility. Um, they had some marquee players that they really liked available on the market. And uh, it's not just like any time where you can do that. Uh, it's, sort of, it's sort of aligned that 2021 was that moment for them. And uh, he decided to jump on it. And I think you can also see why he did it. And um, we'll see how it pans out this year. I think that's really the only way we'll know uh, if it was smart. I think the, I personally had sort of mixed reactions to various things. I think uh, Bowman did a really good job um, on the Duncan Keith trade, for example. I think the McCabe signing was really smart, um, locking up guys like Murphy on uh, smart contracts. Uh, I certainly was really critical at the time of the Seth Jones trade and the contract there. Um, but I don't think there's any question that it certainly makes the Blackhawks better in the short term. Uh, and for someone like Bowman, who, uh, you know, is, is seat's a little bit warm. Um, they probably need to win, uh, if not this year, then the next year um, to, to sort of cool it off. I kind of understand why he was willing to overpay for someone like Jones um, to really increase the quality of the team right now. Um, and Fullery, too, um, I, there's really no downside to that uh, in terms of the trade. They didn't have to give up anything. Um, but um, moving Lincoln into the second to sort of a backup role, I think we'll see how that goes. I think Lincoln and probably deserved a little bit better after how good he was last year in an unfortunate sort of difficult situation. Um, but uh, it, so it's, it's hard to tell. It's a mixed bag of things. And I think we'll just have to see how it all sorts out this year. Uh, there's certainly no dispute, uh, no question or to be had at all about that. This will be an interesting season. They've shaped up to be perhaps the most interesting team in the league this year. Um, so that'll be fun at the least. Once again, we got Ben Pope from the Chicago Times, Chicago Sun-Times, excuse me, here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Yeah, Ben, um, speaking of the, the Marc-Andre Fleury situation, he's brought up that Kevin Lankinen probably deserved better than, than what he's got now heading into this year as a backup. When the, those couple of weeks prior to Marc-Andre Fleury actually landing with the Hawks, I, I saw that they were one of the teams that were having conversations with Vegas, and that was a potential landing spot for him. But until it happened, I was just kind of like, uh, is that really the best thing for Kevin Lankin at this point? And I do understand now he, he can kind of learn a little bit from a veteran netminder who just won the Vezina last year. Um, but I, I definitely thought that was an interesting move because I really did think Lankin was ready to, to get some more starts and see what he's got. Because, of course, that first half last year was incredible. And that was really the main reason why the Blackhawks were in the position they were in. Do, do you think, though, that Kevin Lankin, I honestly believe that this is going to be a great situation for Lankin and going forward, just learning from a guy like Marc-Andre Fleury, who's been there, done that every situation. Do you think that the Blackhawks, they're going to be, do you think they're going to be giving Marc-Andre Fleury the starts most nights, or do you think they're going to be trying to squeeze Lankin in there? I would hope that um, it's more of a 1A, 1B kind of situation. We're seeing Lankin still start maybe 30 to 40% of the games. Uh, I think that would be the ideal situation. Um, and if they do that, I think that would be beneficial for Lincoln. And uh, he, he kind of declined the last month of last year. 
And I'm sure fatigue of having to play so many games in such a short span in his first NHL season was part of it. Uh, so if he has a little bit lighter workload and can learn from someone like Flurry, I uh, could see it being beneficial. Uh, I just think it would be a mistake if, um, you know, you're handing Flurry 80% of the starts and, and Lankin's just getting spot duty here and there. It's kind of hard to develop um, if you're not seeing the ice at least semi regularly. Um, but so we'll have to see how they handle it. I know Jeremy Colleton has talked to Lankin and about the benefits of it. And I think the Hawks made this move with his future as the number one in mind, knowing that Flurry probably only has uh, this year or maybe another additional year or two left. Uh, he's not going to be around that much longer. So um, I think the Hawks still have a lot of faith in Lincoln. And, and that was good to hear because I, I personally think he earned it last year. Um, so we'll, again, we'll see how that sorts out this season. But um, hopefully we're, we're seeing still a, a good bent of Lincoln and spelling Flurry. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the conversation with Ben Pope from the Chicago Sun-Times will continue in just a moment, but first, I need to talk to you all real quick about fan tracks. Hockey fans, I'm going to give you the inside track on fantasy hockey. It's called Fan Tracks. Fan Tracks is free. NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy to use, and feature-rich platform in the industry. Sign up for free today and as a special offer for Locked On fans, you'll be automatically entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up right now. The top dynasty fantasy hockey platform in the industry, Fantrax is the most customizable fantasy platform offering the greatest fantasy, fantasy experience for your dynasty, keeper, redraft, and best ball leagues. Go deep with the ultimate keeper in dynasty leagues, create a simple redraft league, or even a customizable best ball league with up to 2,000 teams. If there is anything lacking in your current fantasy league manager right now, Fantrax likely has it. Fantasy sports doesn't sleep and neither does Fantrax. With seasons running 365 days a year, there's a reason why fantasy players who try Fantrax make it the permanent home for all their fantasy leagues. Again, if you sign up for free today, you'll automatically be entered to win an official NHL-signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash LockedOn and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash LockedOn. I also need to talk to you all about DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for all the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle, and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more right now at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Yeah, I hope so as well. Uh, and I'm curious, how do you think the signing of Flurry affects Colin Delia and Malcolm Subban? Because something I've talked about the show for four or five months now, ever since the Blackhawks stopped playing games in May, is they have four goaltenders on their roster who are 
NHL quality netminders, yet there's clearly not the room for all four of them here. And even last year, Colin Delia wasn't quite too pleased about the situation that he had been handed. What do you think is going to happen with uh, the netminder situation with both Delia and Subban still on the roster at the moment? Yeah, I'm a little bit surprised, honestly, that we haven't seen anything happen on that front. Uh, I feel like Subban is a, a very likely trade candidate considering the situation. Uh, he's obviously waivers eligible, and I, I don't think the Hawks would be able to get him through waivers at this point. I, I think he's a, a decent backup that another team would like to have. Maybe we'll see him traded in the next few weeks or, or during training camp, maybe when another team has a goalie injury or something spring up in camp and needs to increase their depth. So we might yet see a resolution there. Uh, but for Delia too, I mean, maybe the Hawks think that they'll be able to get him through waivers and, and play some in Rockford this year and see how things go for him. Um, I think that's a little bit more plausible for him than for Subban. Uh, but I do feel bad for him because uh, he probably entered last season as the presumptive number one, and now he's down to number four <laughs> in the depth chart. So and I know it's been tough for him. He's a, a great guy, and he's very honest and open about, um, you know, how how hockey affects his life. And uh, I feel bad that uh, he's kind of become such a forgotten man. So it'll be really interesting uh, for me, maybe not for the casual fan who doesn't care about the depth players, but really interesting for me to see what ends up happening with Subban and Delia um, and how the Hawks handle that situation, because uh, I do feel like they're going to run into some waiver issues. I know it was reported today that the NHL might do sort of a taxi squad for goalies specifically this year, um, which might end up being where one of those two guys land on the Hawks if they end up staying. But we'll see how that resolves. That's a that's an interesting situation. Yeah, I saw that today, too. And I was just thinking, while that could lean to both of them staying towards our uh, at the start of the season, I just can't imagine either of them would be happy in, in that role either. Yeah, I I know the taxi squad was taxi squad was kind of a, a unfortunate spot to be last year. You weren't really playing anywhere, and you were just practicing. And oftentimes, it wasn't even practicing with the full team. It was just a separate little tiny five man practice after the main practice. So yeah, I, I I'm glad that the taxi squad in general is going away. And I realized they had to do it just from a logistical standpoint last year with. COVID restrictions, um, but with the goalie situation, uh, that would be kind of tough to be the only man on the leftover taxi squad right. just kind of chilling and not doing anything. Yeah, that's that's what I've been thinking as well. Uh, ben, going back uh, a couple minutes ago, you said you're, you admitted you were someone who at, at the time was critical of, of the Seth Jones move. Um, was it more so that you felt the Blackhawks gave up too much or was it the contract or was it a little bit of both for you? Yeah, it was a little bit of both. I think I was, I really liked the steps that Boquist took last year. I know the Blackhawks had some concerns about his conditioning um, and maybe he wasn't exactly on track to be a top 10 overall pick kind of caliber player, but uh, I think he was, he was learning how to, to arrive in the NHL as an offensive de defenseman, despite uh, his size. Um, so I think they gave up on him a little bit too early and uh, just to give up the additional draft capital they did and then to sign Jones to that contract, just the whole thing just seemed like a little bit too much in a lot of different areas for my liking. Um, and I think also the fact that Dougie Hamilton was available uh, at the time, obviously, and uh, we don't know what kind of conversations they'd had with Hamilton or uh, certainly it's possible that Hamilton maybe wasn't interested in coming to Chicago, but uh, from everything we knew, 
Uh, he was just as much of an option as Jones and uh, wouldn't have cost them anything in the trade market. And based on the contract he signed with New Jersey, wouldn't have cost them any more contractually either. So uh, just I thought he was a much better option at the time. Uh, but there's no doubt that Jones is a, you know, a great defenseman. He had a, a rough year last year, but I, I do feel like he probably will bounce back to some extent with the Hawks. How much that bounce back is, we will see. And he has, you know, he's been on a national team teammate with Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe going back years. They know each other well. And uh, with now both those guys on long-term contracts, the Hawks clearly see those three guys as their core um, so it kind of makes sense from that standpoint, considering the pre-existing relationships there. Um, so again, as I'm saying on everything, kind of a broken record, but we'll see how it goes this year. <laughs> there's, there's a lot to answer. Um, and I'm certainly not ruling out that, that Jones will be the number one guy that Bowman thinks he'll be. Yeah. It's going to be interesting for Seth because with that amount of money and knowing how much we gave up, like you said, when we could have gone the other route and gotten Dougie Hamilton and kept that draft capital, if Seth, I think if he doesn't come in and take the helm of this defense and take charge and, and really be the difference maker back there for the Blackhawks, it's just a, it's a big risk for sure. It, it was definitely, I understand that this was the time to go and get a player of that caliber. And you, you don't get many of those opportunities to get a legit number one defenseman, but f- that money, $9.5 million per season, if he's not playing like a superstar, I mean, the, the first thing that came to my mind when I saw that deal was, Brent Seabrook, because giving a defenseman that much term with that much money at the back half, you never know what it's going to be like. You never know how Seth Jones is going to be at 34, 35 years old. So yeah, like you said, it's going to be interesting. Um, But I'm really hoping Seth can, can come in and ensure things up on defense for the Blackhawks, because that's been a a need of theirs for some time now. And looking at, looking at that defense for next season, this is something I want to talk about as well. Uh, It's still a little little bit crowded back there I guess you could say we got obviously Seth we just talked about uh you brought up Connor Murphy and Jake McCabe with the extensions there's Calvin DeHaan still around as well Riley Stillman Caleb Jones I'm curious what do you think that means for guys like Ian Mitchell and Nicholas Bodan do you you expect them to start in Rockford this year I mean obviously we have to see how training camp goes um but just kind of from a number standpoint and how we're looking at things right now it to me, at least, it just kind of seems like that could be the most likely option for those two youngsters. What are, you, what are your thoughts on those guys heading into camp? All right, the conversation with Ben Pope will continue in just a moment. But first, I need to talk to you all about Built Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Built Bar has a ton of awesome classic flavors like coconut, chocolate, salted caramel, And now they also have a couple of new flavors like Grasshopper Cookie, which is really good if you're a fan of mint. For all the strawberry lovers out there like myself, they have a really good new strawberry flavor. And they also have Cookies and Cream, Cherry Barcia, and many more flavors, all of which are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKED15, capital L in LOCKED, then the number 15, to get 15% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use our exclusive promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your next Built Bar order. 
I also need to talk to you all about rockauto.com. Rock Auto is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or at a new car dealership? Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody and they're always reliably low. The rockauto.com catalog is also remarkably unique and super easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and you can even choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts when you can go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts that you will ever need for your car or truck for the best possible prices. Yeah, I agree. I think the most likely outcome is that they will be in Rockford to start the year. I think for Bo Dan, that's not too much of a surprise. He still spent the majority of last year on the taxi squad or in the AHL, and uh, his development has not been as quick um, as someone would have hoped after he was drafted. So I think that that makes perfect sense. Mitchell is a more interesting case because obviously he came in as a rookie with a lot of high expectations. Uh, and it wasn't like he was terrible, um, but he didn't maybe fully live up to those expectations. I know we kind of struggled a little bit with confidence, uh, especially as, as the year went on when uh, the Hawks had to play some some tough opponents like Tampa and Carolina that kind of exploited him a little bit. And I think the Hawks do think that maybe now that they have more depth on defense and they have more veterans that they can put him in Rockford, have him play a you know, 23, 24 minutes, a huge role every night. Uh, that's going to be a really, really young Rockford team, probably the youngest in the entire AHL. Uh, so he should be able to take a huge role there and just grow his confidence as a leader and as a number one defenseman, even if it's not in the NHL. And then, you know, maybe get a call up if someone gets hurt or just if he continues to grow, maybe in the second half of the year, transition back to the NHL. And I think that probably is the best way to go about it um, with him. He's, he's still young. It was his first professional season at any level. And uh, I think that does make sense. Uh, so I, I don't have any problems with the Hawks kind of going that route with Mitchell. What do you think uh, is going to happen with Wyatt Kalanuck? Like I said, camp still has to happen. We're just talking hypotheticals here. But do you think Wyatt Kalanuck showed enough at the end of last year to be with that group of guys at, at the NHL, or, or do you think they still want to have him kind of playing on a regular basis down in Rockford? Yeah, I think Kalanuck has a good chance to be on the NHL um, from the start of the year. Uh, he certainly was impressive down the stretch last year, especially during a time when a lot of the players were struggling. Um, he, was, he was one of few bright spots down there in April and May. Uh, and I think he's also a few years older, which is important to keep in mind. He was a rookie last year, so it's easy to lose that. But uh, he was at Wisconsin a long time. Uh, so he has a few more years of experience than Mitchell did from Denver or uh, Bo Dan from Quebec. So uh, I think that that gives him an, an edge up. He's a little bit more experienced, a little bit more well-rounded at this point in his career. I wouldn't be surprised to see someone like Caleb Jones maybe as a healthy scratch to start the year with. Kalanuck instead uh, on the third pairing next to someone like Stillman. 
we'll certainly have to see how it all sorts out. But I think Kalanuk is maybe in a little bit different category than Bodan and Mitchell uh, as far as the young guys, uh, just because he's not really quite as young as those other two and, and did seem to be a little bit more NHL ready last year. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Him being 24 rather than those guys being 21, 22 definitely gives him an advantage. Um, and it's going to make for an intriguing training camp because so many guys got got spots uh, that they're gunning for. And speaking of training camp, Ben, last question before I let you go. Kind of aside from the the big name guys, I guess you could say, or, or the more known Blackhawks players, is there anyone in particular who you're who's maybe flying under the radar a little bit that you're super excited to watch the season and in training camp and everything. I would have to go with Adam Gaudet. Um, I wrote about him a few weeks ago. So if you've read that story, this wouldn't be a surprise, but just talking to him, uh, he just seems extremely excited about the off season he's had. And uh, he it's, it's a long story with him obviously, but he had a, a digestive issue that he plagued him throughout his entire NHL career. Uh, with Vancouver before the trade to the Hawks last spring. Uh, he'd been playing 10 to 20 pounds underweight his whole career. Um, it just had not been able to keep weight on. He'd wake up nauseous or throwing up and uh, just kind of had a really rough time health-wise the past few years. Uh, he finally figured out that out this past year, uh, and then he switched to a, a largely vegan diet um, this summer. Uh, with Just to hear him talk about it is really fascinating. Um, how it's transformed his life. Um, he's been able to gain a lot of weight. He's close to 200 pounds now as he enters training camp, which is way heavier than he's ever been before. Uh, he says he just feels so much stronger uh, with every stride he takes in the ice. He's had to switch to a, a blade uh, with more resistance because he was just too strong for this previous stick. It just felt flimsy. And I think, you know, there's a lot of forwards on this Blackhawks team and there's going to be a lot of competition. And a lot of names to monitor. And I feel like Gaudet, considering he only played a handful of games at the end of last year and his re-signing this summer was in a really busy time, is not really a guy that people are thinking much of. But I wouldn't be surprised to see him, you know, not only make the team, but potentially move up to a, a second or third line role and be a, you know, a significant secondary contributor offensively on this team. I think he is a guy that, uh, even though he's already been in the league, uh, you could kind of see this as almost a rookie season for him because he's kind of a new player. So uh, maybe I'm overhyping him, but I'm, I'm really excited to see what Adam Gaudet can do this year. I think he could be a real dark horse uh, for this team and a pretty answer, easy answer to that question that you presented there. Yeah, Adam Gaudet. No, I don't think you're overhyping him at all. I mean, kind of how you brought up Kalanuck, Gaudette was one of those guys who he, he didn't get as many games as Wyatt did. I think he only played in six or seven games or something, but he looked, he was really impressive every night that he played. He made the most of those opportunities. And um, I, I was really hoping that the Blackhawks were going to bring him back. And I knew it was going to be tough to make a decision between him and Henestrosa. I think both those yeah. guys showed enough to, to be wanted back. Uh, but I knew just because of depth wise, they weren't going to be able to, to have both. So it, it was awesome to see that God that's coming back and great to hear that he seems to be in the best shape of his life and ready for some big things, hopefully coming this year because the Blackhawks could use some more production from those depth players. And I think Adam Goddard has the skill to do just that in the bottom six. Yeah, I agree. Absolutely. And, and Henestrosa was good too. And I think it was also a surprise. We didn't talk about him earlier, but the CPS suitor, you know, let go. They they had some tough decisions to make. They they obviously have to make room for the guys coming in, and 
Um, it'll be interesting to see like Reichel and Borgstrom this year as well. Um, but I feel like those guys are getting a little bit more attention than Gaudet, understandably. Um, but uh, it'll be, I think Gaudet could be just as much of sort of a breakout as those top prospects. So yeah, it'll be really interesting to see how things sort out in training camp. This, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of good players there that aren't going to make the team, um, which is one of the biggest reasons to be optimistic, I think, about the Hawks this year, just considering how much more depth they have. So we'll see how it all sorts out. But uh, yeah, really exciting to think about the possibilities. Should be a lot of fun when training camp opens up next week at Fifth Third Arena, Ben. As always, man, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the show today. I really appreciate it. I know all my listeners love when you come on. Best of luck this season. It's, is this your first 82-game season on the beat? Because Didn't, you, so. didn't, you, didn't yeah. you join like midway through the year, right? I started at the beginning of the year oh. uh, in 1920, Oops. but um, <laughs> it didn't make it to 82 games. So your fact is still correct. Uh, if they can manage to get through this one uninterrupted, no more pandemics. Uh, For sure. This would be. this will be the first 82 games yeah for sure well best of luck this year ben thanks again man and uh hope to have you back on the podcast soon it was a lot of fun yeah thank you for having me i appreciate it all right ladies and gentlemen i think that will wrap up friday september 17th's episode of locked on blackhawks thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app. And you can get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, be sure to check out the Locked On Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. You can get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day by just simply following the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you could also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account, at Talkin' Hockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Don't forget that the next episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is Mailbag Monday, so for any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, you can always email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until Monday's episode, enjoy the weekend, everyone, and thanks again for listening to the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.